The opinions expressed on the ACB Media Network are those of the respective program contributors and cannot be assumed to serve as endorsements of products or views of the American Council of the Blind, its elected officials, or its staff. Hello, everybody. It's Chris Snyder back again as your host, and I actually did an intro in the file, so play away. I will say that this file is about 30 minutes long, give or take a little bit, and uh, we will have time for lots of questions and comments, and I'm happy to talk about uh, a day in the life of an audio engineer slash audio description narrator, or uh, talk about the audio excursion, or any other questions you might have about audio description in general. All of that stuff is open for grabs. So, Without further ado, if we could play the file, we will uh, get this show on the road. Hello again, everybody. I'm your host, Chris Snyder, and welcome to A Day in the Life of an Audio Engineer and Audio Description Narrator. That would be me in this case. Audio description comes in many forms. There's audio description for television and film, live audio description for plays and live events, there's audio description for museum exhibits. And now, thanks to a company called Imagination Video Books, there are now audio descriptions for children's illustrated books. And that's what I'm going to show you today. Please keep in mind that for every different type of audio description, there are different processes involved. More than that, for every client, there are different processes. I'm the executive producer of audio at Imagination Video Books. So not only do I get to narrate the audio description for some books, or narrate the audiobook itself for others, I also get to produce the books, editing, mixing, and I have a hand in casting and directing the other talent for it. So today I'm going to show you how I narrate audio description for a book, take that description and put it into place alongside the audiobook narration itself, choose the music, and mix it all together. Let's start with the narration. So I have a Pro Tools session open, and the book that we're going to do is called Oodles and Oodles of Noodly Noodles. Now I've found that the easiest thing to do is to simply narrate all of the description at once in a book. In television and movies, you often go to the time codes where the description actually occurs and you narrate there. But in the book format, I usually end up timing things out myself, and there's a lot more creative control there. So I use an ancient Alva satellite braille display, and the reason I like it is because it is super, super quiet, even though I have to connect it via USB. Now, I do have a Braille Note Apex that's a 32 cell, and it does have Bluetooth capability, but I prefer the Alva when I'm working in my home studio. So I'm using a Mac Mini with Pro Tools, and I'm going to turn up VoiceOver for just a second and let you hear a little bit of the description doc itself, since obviously you won't be able to hear the Braille other than me reading it. So here we go. Oodles and oodles of N-O-O-T-L-E-Y noodles. <laughs> written by Sydney Mini Grant. New line. Written by Sydney Mini Grant. Illustrated by Katie Weaver. On the cover, a long wall is covered in blue wallpaper decorated with eight bubbles. On a shelf is a whiteboard. With... Red marker on it that reads, I love you oodles and oodles, sign mom. To the left of the sign is a group. Photograph of a dark-haired man, a blonde woman and three children, two girls and a boy. A blue ribbon with... The number one is attached to it. From a hook below the shelf hangs a pan, a guitar, a broom, a beach ball, and... And all sit on the floor. A fluffy brown dog eats noodles from a blue bowl. On the wall hang a couple of crooked... Drawings, and I heart noodles in a cactus under a little yellow sun. In dark blue letters, the title reads, Oodles and oodles of N-O-O-T-L-E-Y noodles. Written by... Illustrated by... And we don't read the author again. I'll explain that in a second. And then I just want to show you... Okay. So page three, that was the title page. Now we're on page three here with this Audible document here. And this top line... Oodles of Noodly Noodles. Oodles of Noodly Noodles. That is not something that I read. That's in quotation marks. And I, I have it on the Braille here. That's how I know. And it is a placement cue. So when I'm ready to edit all of this together, that will help me to place the description where it belongs on the page with the picture. And then on below that is what I start reading. Charlie slurps up long strands of spaghetti. The dog lies with his bowl on the floor. A menu on a long roll of paper runs from the refrigerator across his head and onto the floor. On the menu are many different kinds of 
Noodles. On a stove, a big red pot is bubbling over at the top and steam rises toward the ceiling. Boxes of noodles cover the fridge top. Cover doors stand open and colanders and jars of sauces are visible. New line. Okay, so that's one. That's the picture on page three. I should also point out that that is not the normal speed for my voiceover. If I'm not using a braille display, I use an ear prompter with voiceover in it, and I listen much faster than that. So let's get to some narration. I start all my sessions at 1-0-0-0, meaning hour one, zero minutes, zero seconds, and zero frames. I do go by frames at the end, like a video, because that's what I got used to with television and film, and these books, done by Imagination Video Books, are also created with American Sign Language and closed captioning, and the the video portion of them does have the text and the pictures of the book. I'm just going to record a little bit of my narration for you. You'll get to hear the whole thing when we're done here. Imagination Video Books presents... Oodles and Oodles of Noodly Noodles Written by Cindy Ninny Grant Narrated by Claudia Dunn Audio description narrated by Chris Snyder And written by Bonnie Barlow From illustrations by Katie Weaver On the cover, a long wall is covered in blue wallpaper Decorated with big bubbles On a shelf is a whiteboard with red marker on it that reads I love you oodles and oodles, signed Mom. To the left of the sign is a group photograph of a dark-haired man, a blonde woman, and three children, two girls and a boy. A blue ribbon with the number one is attached to it. From a hook below the shelf hangs a pan. A guitar, a broom, a beach ball, and a doll sit on the floor. A fluffy brown dog eats noodles from a blue bowl. On the wall hang a couple of crooked drawings an I-heart noodles, and a cactus under a little yellow sun. In dark blue letters, the title reads, Oodles and Oodles of Noodly Noodles. Charlie slurps up long strands of spaghetti. The dog lies with his bowl on the floor. A menu on a long roll of paper runs from the refrigerator, across his head, and onto the floor. On the menu are many different kinds of noodles. On a stove, a big red pot is bubbling over at the top and steam rises toward the ceiling. All right, that's enough of that. So, uh, now what I do, now that I've narrated the whole thing, and there was, um, I actually went back and did a pickup, so you got to hear kind of an outtake there. I'll let you see if you can figure out what it was. Now, you might notice that the space I'm recording in right now has a little room noise, has a little little reverb in it and that's actually just fine because there are plugins made by a company called Isotope I Z O T O P E called the RX standard suite and depending on the version they're on it could be I think they're on 9 now I still have 7 but they work amazingly they can Remove mouth clicks, so all the noise you have in your mouth. And it can remove all the room noise. It can remove the reverb. It can even fix it when you hit your microphone, your P's and and, uh, plosives, they call them, too hard. And if you're a person with super sharp S's, they can take those S's down a bit in sharpness so they won't be quite as obvious it's truly the best investment i've ever made so all that being said i'm going to run first the mouth declick and then the the voice denoise and then the dereverb and i have specific settings on those last two because it kind of does depend on the room and the environment you're in. If you're in a room that has very little reverb in it, say a lot of carpet and stuff, you don't need to really use a lot of dereverb. And mine is kind of a middle-sounding room. There's a little bit of reverb. There's some wood flooring, and uh, that tends to make it a little more reverby. And there are places that have even louder rooms than this one. So just to give you an example of the difference, I'm going to go ahead and play 
just a bit of the opening so you can see what Isotope did to my voice. Imagination Video Books presents Oodles and Oodles of Noodly Noodles Written by Cindy Ninny Grant Narrated by Claudia Dunn Audio description narrated by Chris Snyder And written by Bonnie Barlow From illustrations by Katie Weaver So that's what Isotope can do. So I've got all this narration done on my part, and then I bring in the other narrator, the audiobook narrator, Claudia Dunn, and I will play for you just a touch of her raw audio. Noodles. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner, too. That is all I want to chew. All I want to eat are noodles. Oodles and oodles of noodly noodles. Saucy, buttered, topped, or plain. I've got noodles on my brain. I do not care what goes on top. Just don't let the noodles stop. Oh no, we won't let the noodles stop, but we're going to stop that VO track right now. And so now you know what she sounds like, her raw recording. And I am going to de-click it. But I've analyzed her recording, and she is recording in a booth, clearly, with minimal noise and no reverb, so I won't have to deal with that. We'll just run a mouth declick, and we'll be done with the Isotope plugins. Okay, so what we're going to do now is I'm going to be looking at the script, and I'm going to use those cues I showed you, the book cues, to place the description within the narration. And so I will be placing these, and that is kind of a tedious process. So I'm not going to belabor it for you. I'm just going to show you what the end result of that will sound like. On the cover, a long wall is covered in blue wallpaper decorated with big bubbles. On a shelf is a whiteboard with red marker on it that reads, I love you oodles and oodles, signed Mom. To the left of the sign is a group photograph of a dark-haired man, a blonde woman, and three children, two girls and a boy. A blue ribbon with the number one is attached to it. From a hook below the shelf hangs a pan. A guitar, a broom, a beach ball, and a doll sit on the floor. A fluffy brown dog eats noodles from a blue bowl. On the wall hang a couple of crooked drawings an I heart noodles, and a cactus under a little yellow sun. In dark blue letters, the title reads, Oodles and Oodles of Noodly Noodles. Noodles. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner, too. That is all I want to chew. All I want to eat are noodles. Oodles and oodles of noodly noodles. Charlie, one of the girls, slurps up long strands of spaghetti. The dog lies with his bowl on the floor. A menu on a long roll of paper runs from the refrigerator, across his head, and onto the floor. On the menu are many different kinds of noodles. On a stove, a big red pot is bubbling over at the top and steam rises toward the ceiling. Boxes of noodles cover the fridge top. Cupboard doors stand open and colanders and jars of sauces are visible. Saucy, buttered, topped. Or plain, I've got noodles on my brain. I do not care what goes on top. Just don't let the noodles stop. Ziti tastes so very yummy, and they travel to my tummy. I'm so full, I have to sit. Other foods may never fit. Charlie has red stains around her mouth. She sits on the ground by a fence with a lap full of noodles. A pink pig in a similar condition is seated beside her. That's what it sounds like when everything has been placed. You might have noticed there were pauses between the description and the narration. Those are there so that when the video editor adds the book, text, and pictures, they have time to switch the pages and change the focus. So now we've done all of that, and what I'm going to do next is add EQ to each of the tracks, the audio description track and the book narration track, 
and my goal with this EQ is to make them sound as similar as I can. These days, most people work remotely when they do VO. I know I certainly do, and it makes working from wherever I am so much easier. But the flip side is everybody's got a different microphone, everybody's got a different studio sound, everybody's got different things going on. So the EQ that I put on here is meant to help Claudia and I sound similar so that people won't really notice the difference. And I have added that EQ. And now I'm going to add the music because I don't know about you, but I find these sorts of things a lot more fun if you can bring some music into it. I have a vast library of royalty-free music that I have acquired and purchased over the years, and I know just the track I'm going to use, something called Mediterranean Cafe from the Music Bakery. Here's a little bit of what that sounds like all by itself. track is only about four minutes long or so, maybe a little less, and of course the book is a good deal longer than that, so I have to edit the music so that it fits the length of the book, and then mix it into the book itself at a level that doesn't make it too distracting, and that's what I do with Pro Tools. I have an Icon Platform M Plus control surface with motorized faders, which means that when I set Pro Tools to record automation and I move my faders up and down, it actually will remember that, and when I play back, it will move those faders up and down without my hands on them, which makes for a very easy way for blind people in Pro Tools to draw mixes. So I will spare you all the gory details, as this really isn't meant to be a tech session, and I will now play for you the finished product of oodles and oodles of noodly noodles. I found this book delightful, and I think you will as well. Imagination Video Books presents Oodles and Oodles of Noodly Noodles Written by Cindy Ninny Grant Narrated by Claudia Dunn Audio description narrated by Chris Snyder And written by Bonnie Barlow From illustrations by Katie Weaver On the cover, a long wall is covered in blue wallpaper decorated with big bubbles. On a shelf is a whiteboard with red marker on it that reads, I love you oodles and oodles, signed Mom. To the left of the sign is a group photograph of a dark-haired man, a blonde woman, and three children, two girls and a boy. A blue ribbon with the number one is attached to it. From a hook below the shelf hangs a pan. A guitar, a broom, a beach ball, and a doll sit on the floor. A fluffy brown dog eats noodles from a blue bowl. On the wall hang a couple of crooked drawings, an I heart noodles, and a cactus under a little yellow sun. In dark blue letters, the title reads, Oodles and Oodles of Noodly Noodles. Noodles. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner, too. That is all I want to chew. All I want to eat are noodles. Oodles and oodles of noodly noodles. Charlie, one of the girls, slurps up long strands of spaghetti. The dog lies with his bowl on the floor. A menu on a long roll of paper runs from the refrigerator, across his head, and onto the floor. On the menu are many different kinds of noodles. On a stove, a big red pot is bubbling over at the top and steam rises toward the ceiling. Boxes of noodles cover the fridge top. Cupboard doors stand open and colanders and jars of sauces are visible. Saucy, buttered, topped, or plain, I've got noodles on my brain. I do not care what goes on top. Just don't let the noodles stop. Ziti tastes so very yummy, and they travel to my tummy. I'm so full, I have to sit. Other foods may never fit. Charlie has red stains around her mouth. 
She sits on the ground by a fence with a lap full of noodles. A pink pig in a similar condition is seated beside her. Lasagna noodles in my dish. In my shoes, they squash and squish. All I want to eat are noodles. Oodles and oodles of noodly noodles. Her mother and a doctor frown at an x ray of Charlie's body that shows her stomach full of noodles. Far falling noodles on the floor. Cleaning up will be a chore. Tortellini? Where'd they go? Charlie laughs as she slips in the bubbly water she uses to mop the floor. I wonder if my dog would know. In the yard, the dog is burying a pile of noodles. More noodles are hidden in the doghouse and fill up the dog bowl. Rigatoni in my hair, even on my sister's chair. Elbow noodles up my nose, sneezing noodles on my clothes. The older sister pushes Charlie in a wheeled office chair. They both laugh. With fettuccine and a twirl, I rope my brother, Wrangler Girl. All I want to eat are noodles, oodles and oodles of noodly noodles. Dressed in a blue dress and wearing a pink cowboy hat, Charlie rides a stick horse and swings a big lasso through the air and around her brother's shoulders. Trapped with him in the rope of fettuccine is a teddy bear. Linguini strings for my guitar. Pasta rocks this noodle star. Maracas are so fun to make. Penne jars go shake, shake, shake. Charlie leans back with her eyes closed as she plays her purple guitar. Tubes of pasta noodles shine spotlights around her. In a jar, the mouse sits on a pile of penne noodles. Charlie sticks her tongue out in concentration as she plays. She sucks the noodles off of her guitar. Noodles? Paint? Let's do some art. Spaghetti noodles make a heart. With macaroni and a string, my noodles make a pretty ring. Charlie and her father drape many colored noodles on their heads and on a table. Throw fusilli at the wall, noodles stick, and then they fall. All I want to eat are noodles, oodles and oodles of noodly noodles. The colorful pasta litters the walls and floor. Rotel wheels on my train, haul to Betty and some grain. Noodles ride along the track. I love the sound. Clickety clack. A train with a purple engine and a red caboose carries three cars full of noodles on a curving track around the yard. Charlie is in the engine's window waving. The round rotel noodles are shaped like wheels with spokes. Mom is making mac and cheese. More noodles? Hmm, yes, please. Mama knows I love them best. She is sure I'll eat the rest. Charlie swims in a pool of macaroni and cheese. Her mother pours noodles from a purple pail around her. The dog hangs on the edge of the pool, and a doll rides in the macaroni and cheese on a tube. Noodles jiggle, slip, and squirm. Oh no, is that a wiggle worm? All I want to eat are noodles, oodles and oodles of noodly noodles. A worm wiggles on the floor in a pile of squiggly noodles. Charlie makes a funny face, crossing her eyes and tilting her head. Alphabet shapes stay afloat. Capellini fill my boat. Noodle mustache on my face. Great big bubbles fill the space. In the bathroom, the wall gives way to the open sea and the setting sun on the horizon. Charlie rides in a pink bathtub boat filled with bubbles. She holds a sword high and sports a pirate's patch on one eye. Wonton noodles, pillow fight. Now it's time for nighty night. Ravioli warm my bed, make a soft spot for my head. Charlie throws square ravioli noodles at her brother. So many noodles fill my dream. Noodles dancing so extreme. All I want to eat are noodles. Oodles and oodles of noodly noodles.
As she sleeps, a dream bubble above her head shows Pasta making the musical staffs and Charlie dancing among musical notes in the sky. Farfalle and Capolini, Pusili, Penne and Linguini, Wonton, Elbow and Tibetti, Ravioli and Spaghetti. In a supermarket, Charlie pushes a cart filled with different kinds of noodles past shelves stocked with a variety of colored noodle boxes. Lasagna and rigatoni, ziti, rotel, macaroni, alphabet and tortellini. Don't forget the fettuccine. More noodles are what I need. I need noodles. Yes, indeed. I have so many. Yes, it's true. How about I share with you? The room is piled high with containers of noodles. They fill a washing machine, a goldfish bowl, a boot, a pail, a pot, a purse, a coffee pot, and a blender. Smiling, Charlie holds out a bowl of spaghetti and meatballs. Hi, my new friend. Thanks for coming along with me on my noodley day. It was fun having you laugh and giggle with me. I love being silly, and you know I love noodles. Do you? See you on my next adventure. Love, Charlie. Charlie wears a purple apron and a poofy chef's hat. Sauce and meatballs fill the air. P.S. Try my spaghetti recipe. Spaghetti and meatballs. Ingredients: one pound spaghetti, one pound ground beef, one third cup breadcrumbs, one fourth cup finely chopped parsley. One fourth cup freshly grated Parmesan cheese, one egg, two garlic cloves minced, kosher salt, one half teaspoon red pepper flakes, two tablespoons extra virgin olive oil, one half cup finely chopped onion, twenty-eight ounce can crushed tomatoes, one bay leaf, kosher salt, freshly ground black pepper. Directions. Fill a large pot with water. Add one teaspoon of salt and bring to a boil. Cook according to package instructions. Remove pot from heat and drain. In a large bowl, combine the beef with the breadcrumbs, parsley, Parmesan cheese, egg, garlic, one teaspoon salt, and the red pepper flakes. Mix together until combined. Form into six balls. In a large pot over medium heat, add the two tablespoons olive oil. Add the meatballs and cook, turning occasionally until brown on all sides. Transfer meatballs to a dish. Add the chopped onion to the pot and cook for five minutes. Add the crushed tomatoes and the bay leaf. Season with the salt and pepper. Put the meatballs back in the pot and cover the pot. Bring to a simmer for ten minutes. Put a handful of noodles on a plate and top with the spaghetti sauce and meatballs. Sprinkle Parmesan cheese on top of each serving. Serves four. This has been Oodles and Oodles of Noodley Noodles, written by Cindy Ninny Grant, narrated by Claudia Dunn, audio description narrated by Chris Snyder, and written by Bonnie Barlow. From illustrations by Katie Weaver. This has been a production of Imagination Video Books at imaginationvideobooks.org. That is all she wrote, quite literally. And after I'm done with the audio, it's sent to the video editor, who will add the text and the pictures from the book into the video, and from there. It's sent over to DCMP, the Described Captioned Media Program. You can find them at dcmp.org, and you can find the Imagination Video Books channel at dcmp.org as well. And they add closed captioning and American Sign Language to our books. Then they go up on the DCMP website and on our channel, where they're offered to educational institutions. And parents of blind kids and blind parents with sighted kids, as well as deaf and hard of hearing parents and children, and excitingly, we are beginning to create BRF files so that deaf-blind people can enjoy them as well. And those files do include the description 
as well as the text of the book. This cute little book is one of many, many books that we've done, and we are now in the process of producing Winnie the Pooh, as it just came into the public domain this year, and we're producing it with description and all the rest, and a full cast of characters. If you'd like to hear more of our books in audio form, check out the Illustrated Audiobooks with the Audiobook Wizard podcast. It's available on iTunes and all the other places you get your podcasts. I want to thank Richard Riemann, CEO of Imagination Video Books, for letting me show all of you how this all works, as well as Cindy Ninny Grant for the use of her book in the demonstration. If you would kindly pop on and let me know who's there at the room so that I can um, interact with you and know who you are, that'd be cool. But for the moment, let's take a Zoom hand. Okay. First is Mitchell Bridwell. This is very helpful as um, I'm hopefully, at least in the future, I'm planning on, if I can, uh, taking part in the uh, Audio Description Institute in a couple of uh, weeks. But I have a awesome. question more about, I guess, marketing or in the sense of like, how do you go about uh, getting con contracts for specific, like, I guess, description projects? Uh, well, uh, that's not really where I excel. Uh, administratium, I find, is the heaviest element uh, that is not on the periodic table. And uh, it certainly <laughs> weighs me down. So I tend to not work so much in that field. However, I okay. I do know something of it and it really depends on the company and and what you're doing so like in terms of film and television um uh, if your company is known it has a web presence it has credits under its belt it's known in the industry for producing quality work on time actually they don't even care so much about the quality as much as uh, they seem to care about the price these days although we're trying to change that they they will, you know, people will come to you. They'll find you and they'll send you things. Um, if you have industry connections, obviously that is very helpful. Um, I think just like every other job in sales, you're you're looking at networking um, is your key um, for everything, <laughs> really. Uh -huh. um, and I think in terms of the books, I know that um, we've gotten to the point now where authors um, will actually seek us out to describe their books so that's kind of cool and we also um if there's a, a specific book we'd like to do then we approach the author so i should point out i i didn't even though the dot org was there uh imagination video books is a nonprofit. Uh, whereas the other company i've worked with um for over 20 years audio wise is is a for-profit so okay so so it's a it's a bit different for everybody um and depending on what you're what you're trying to accomplish um you know, live theater and, and museum exhibits, that's a whole different uh, thing. And, and honestly, that is probably a really good question for Joel Snyder as he heads his description company and and he will have, um, you know, more more information about that. Awesome. Thank you. Sure. Hey, next we have Phil Jones. Good afternoon. And Chris, I must tell you, first of all, I had a lot of fun listening to that book. <laughs> <Look>, um... <laughs> It's I a fun with book. The audio description, I loved it all. <laughs> it was um, a fun book. And you know what? And you know what? I have to say this. I'm a totally blind person. And when I was growing up um, many years ago, I didn't have described audiobooks in my in my uh, library. Uh, my parents did their best to to tell me about things that were significant, but it wasn't like this. And and this is something I am so excited to be able to help to make for blind children today it's just and 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 blind parents of children so that they can participate with their sighted children or their their blind children you know it's just it's it's really cool it certainly is and uh, i had the same situation as you had so so i know exactly what you're talking about the question i have is somebody who's been in broadcasting for many years and of course in broadcasting whether television or radio timing is just of the essence just how challenging is it? I've always wondered just how challenging is it to make sure, as you describe something, that you don't talk over the dialogue in the in the uh, TV program. <laughs> ah, well, what we do um, typically is so every television program is. Uh, I'm sure you know. Um, 
it's all time coded um and and time stamped um and uh so so when our writers write description they look for places where there's no dialogue they read it out loud to see if it's going to fit and then and they put it in the script or they shorten it and they put it in the script or they have to leave it out because there's no time but when the audio editor gets to it if you know if the vo artist didn't quite make it if the narrator didn't quite make it Obviously, we we move it one way or the other and and fit it into the slot. And if it needs a little compression, then you know we can do that too. I always direct when I'm directing talent. I always tell them because they try to rush. They're like, "Oh my god, I only have two seconds to get this in." I said, "Well, don't worry about that. What I want you to do is give me a clear read. So read it like you normally would. Don't worry about the timing. I'll fix it in post. I will compress it a little bit and make sure that it fits properly. I don't want." you to um, slur your words because you're trying to get it into the space. So, but it's all time coded, you know, something goes from, the description goes from uh, one minute and five seconds to one minute and seven seconds or, or whatever it is, you know. Janine Lee has her hand raised. Hey, Chris. Hello. Hello. Great job with your 3D tour. Um, good job describing your oodles and <laughs> book then. How you do <laughs> I'm feeling like pasta for dinner tonight. (laughs) I know. I'm going to go make it. I'm going to go make it. So my question is, um, and nobody really has the answer for this. So if you want a certain person, like I know how to contact you because I know what company you work for, but let's say you want to hire a certain person and you go to the nvdna.org. Thank you. Yes. nvdna.org. Like how do you get in touch with their agent? to book a certain audio describer. If you want someone and you save your money and you want to hire them and say, hey, I need you to audio describe this for me. Well, uh, so not all audio describers. So, okay, let's, let's, oh boy, oh boy. Um, well, I know there's, <laughs> I know there's many multifaceted because you have to have a writer, but let's say I have a writer and the person yeah, yeah. is written and I want this one talent. Right. So um, maybe I want you. Even even that, even that is complicated. Let me explain. So there's a lot of audio description narrators out there who don't use agents for this particular work. And the reason they don't is because it is non-union still. We're working on it. We're trying to get it unionized, but it doesn't, it does not fall under the SAG-AFTRA umbrella. So an agent doesn't normally handle this work. So what you would want to do is if you go to, um, I believe it's ADNA or it's the ADNA, I forget which, .org, you can find their name. You can contact the ADNA folks. They have email there and they'll put you in touch with the narrator you're looking for if they have their contact information. That's the best solution I can think of. Great. I love it. Thank you. And and I sure. think we should put the writers there too, because a writing yes. audio description is way more challenging than I ever thought it would be. So you and your company and everyone does a fabulous job. Thanks, Chris. Sure thing. I agree with you. I think we ought to put the writers up there. And I Roy would know a little more about this. Um I'll but ask him uh, Wednesday. I'll ask him. Yeah, Wednesday. he might he might <laughs> they might be they might be already putting the writers up there. So uh that's a possibility. And um, and certainly I'm happy to direct you to uh, my favorite writers because <laughs> I keep in touch. Next is Jenna Cox. Hey, Chris. Great job with the recording. My question well, is, do you ever get breaks during the day like you can run and get a drink or go for a walk or something like that? Oh, absolutely. And it's essential. There is, uh, I forget where I saw this, but there was kind of a a guideline for narrators, uh, not just of audio description, but audiobooks and stuff like that. And we're really not supposed to be voicing for more than about six to six and a half, maybe seven tops hours a day. It's not an eight hour job. I think that I think actually it's like six. Uh, at the top, now that I think about it, we're not, you know, because your voice gives out, you, you keep yakking and yakking all day long, you're going to lose your voice. Um, and of course, we have uh, hot tea and we have other, uh, there, people have all kinds of different things to keep their voices sharp. I use um, these marvelous little things called honeys, which are, all they are, are these just basically a sugar shell and inside of the honeys 
uh, sugar shell is literally just honey. There's no additives or, or anything. And um, I just find that that helps me keep my voice smooth. Um, I don't narrate for six hours a day because I'm also an audio engineer. Um, and because our industry, so it really depends on the client. You know, if you've got a tight deadline, you just power through and it can take anywhere from, depending on the length of the program, let's just call it say an hour of television, right? Uh, which, which equates to about 43 minutes of a television per episode ish. It can take anywhere from 45 minutes if the description script is very short to an hour and a half if the description script is very long for me to produce meaning voice edit and mix of a full episode of television rarely it can take longer than that if the description like everything is about word count and uh so if you've got a if you've got a thousand word script, you can get the thing done in about an hour. If you've got a fifteen hundred word script, you can get it done in about an hour and a half. I found I find a thousand words an hour um, of production for me is about right. So uh, it just depends. If you've got a, a, a show that has no dialogue at all, or it's all foreign subtitles, that's going to be uh, that's going to be a multi hour project. And of course, I will stop and and take breaks. In that case, I'll you know, get up and walk around, um, have a snack or some lunch and, you know, all kinds of stuff. Um, I try not to break in the midst of a voiceover session unless it is a ridiculously long single voiceover session. Most times I can just get through the, the thing I'm voicing and then take my break and then go back and do the engineering. I hope that answers at least some of your questions. Yeah, it does. Great job. Thank you. Next we have Scott Marshall. Chris, Hello, I wonder, Scott. Yes, Chris. I wonder, as a blind person, how do you ensure when you are responsible for writing the description that you're getting an accurate description of the actual photograph? I remember back in the day when I would take a picture into a courtroom, I would agonize beforehand, really agonize over the whole matter of making sure I had that I knew every nuance. And I had usually about three people tell me what they saw in that photograph so that if one sighted viewer would miss something, I'd pick it up from the other one. How do you handle or how do you handle that? I don't write description by generally speaking. I, I narrate it. I, um, ah, okay. I, I, you know, I, I, I voice it, I edit it, I mix it, I produce it. But I will tell you that the best person in my view, to ask about that, about blind audio description writing, mm -hmm. is uh, Nefertiti Matos Oliveras. Olivares. I got to get that right. I always mess up my vowels, even though right. I speak Spanish. Um, but she is a marvel. She is truly brilliant. And she, what uh, she has described her process to me and on a previous uh, panel call is she will get um, a sighted person, uh, an assistant, to to describe the image or the or the actions, and she will then write the description. She will synthesize the description herself, but she'll get them to sort of give her the basics of what it is in their words, and then she takes it and makes it more description like, and and brings in uh, you know colorful vocabulary vivid. and mm -hmm. uh, yeah vivid thank you she uses their eyes but she she's the one who synthesizes the description out of it and i've heard some of her work and she is absolutely brilliant and i think that you know i am a i have written one description myself over the years and i did the same thing and and that's how blind people can do it you have to have a really good command of english vocabulary or spanish vocabulary or whatever language you're writing description in you've got sure. to have a very good facility with language and you have to be able to create vivid imagery for blind people in order to do this job. And, and that, that is whether you're blind or sighted. I had a writer who was a sighted person. Ugh. They used the word paces about 57 times in one friggin' movie, and it drove me absolutely crazy. <laughs> I took umbrage, and because in my company, the blind person has the final word on the description, I said, nope, we're not using this word anymore. Nope, nope, nope. And I changed it to walks, struts, um, 
I, I think I even ambles. I mean, it just, you cannot <laughs> just, uh, and, and, and he used yeah. the word, he used the word pads, like uh, he pads over to the wall or whatever. But the dude was wearing combat boots. I'm sorry, you do not pad in combat boots. You pad in footy pajamas or slippers, very, but very not true. combat yeah. boots, for goodness yeah. sake. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so, so you've got to have a good understanding. You can't just use be a person who has a big vocabulary and use the words. You have to know what those words um, connote. Yeah. Connote exactly. Yeah. Yes. Yep. Yes. Well, that's fascinating. Thank you. I, sure. I would be interested in learning more about that because. We've all encountered, you know, with assistants in a grocery store, the good old sighted filter, you know, <laughs> the item could be right on the shelf in front, but through no, you know, ill will or whatever, they just don't yeah. see it. Right. You know? Yep. Um, well, and how do you TV, control you when... with her? I think that she is the, the bee's knees, man. I think she's marvelous <laughs> and, and she can certainly um, help you to, uh, I'll bet you'd be good at it too. Yeah, I, I'd be interested. Yeah, I'll, I'll drop me a note, or I'll drop you a note to remind you to give me that name in writing. <laughs> sure. So I could track her down. That would be an interesting conversation to have with. Her. Yes. Cool. Thanks. Thank you, Andy Smith. Hey, that was pretty. That was a pretty cool uh, book you had there. That was funny. Oodles noodles. That was pretty cool. <laughs> um, so my question. This is somewhat somewhat interesting. Um, I noticed that in a lot of audio books, you, you really don't hear the narrator breathing. You just sort of hear like the sentences and then like silence and then more sentences. Is there like, do they edit that out? Is there like a special microphone that they use? Like, how is it that they do that? That is a really interesting question. And you're right. Um, yes, we do edit that out a lot of the time. Um, more and more these days, people people like to hear a little bit of breathing in their books because it makes them feel like they're connected to a human storyteller. Yeah, seriously, it's so, like, like creepy. <laughs> <laughs> we're all robots, Andy. <laughs> um, and, but it's uh, – we, we – uh, we do tend to edit the big breaths out, especially when you have people who have loud breathing. That can distract in the book to have people talking and then doing, you know, random breaths, you know, wherever they happen to be. So um, we, we do. Um, but we also leave some in. And there is a technique in voiceover narration where you learn how to breathe quietly and you turn your head from the mic, maybe, or you, you just, you just, you learn how to breathe through your open mouth and do it in a quiet way so that it's not so distracting. And, and a lot of times those breaths are um, left in, depending. Hmm, interesting. Thanks. That's pretty cool. Sure thing. Next, we have Jane Sue. Hello. Hi, I just had one question about nowadays it's person-centered language and the different pronouns. Um, how how do describers go about, um, uh, you know, making sure that you know that different pronouns are are used and that person-centered language is used appropriately? That's a good question. So we have done a couple of. Uh, shows and books um actually i'm thinking now i think mostly tv shows where this has occurred not so many books yet although i'll bet that's coming where the describer in in, in at audio wise anyway what the describer does and that by the by the term describer i'm talking about the writer uh, let me be clear about that what the writer does describer by the i'm sorry to get off on this tangent but i really need to to say this just the word describer is such a generic term you don't know who you're talking about it, that could be the writer it could be the narrator could be and and so i tend to focus my i believe the, the term describer should actually be used for the person writing the description in in my opinion i think narrator or 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 uh you know i think that's that's the better term for a, a person who reads it into a microphone but that's just my personal opinion but uh to answer your question so our our writer will watch the show or the movie fully before they start writing the description so if you have for example a non-binary character whose pronouns are they them that is a a way to we would know right so we would start off 
by introducing that person, saying, Kai walks into the room. They turn their head toward Julie, right? That's how we would do that. We've done movies about people who have transitioned. And depending on the nature of it, we will, if it's a reveal in the show, we will, we will go along with the show and do a reveal with the pronoun. If it is assumed fully all the time, like that they, they were already transitioned to the new pronoun, to the new gender, we would say, you know, we would use that. We would never, we would never dead name anyone. We, you know, we're very conscious of that. And, uh, as far as person first language that's still a debate there are people who prefer the the like i'm a blind person versus i'm a person who is blind that is still a a contested issue so we don't take a stance on that if the show or the book contains a person who is disabled we will if we can we will ask the show or the showrunner or the post house or uh, whoever, and if we can't, then we will do whatever whatever is faster. Because always, when it comes to television and movies, you've got to get stuff in in the time allotted. So that's that's how we handle that. We have Tim Cummings next. Okay, hey, Tim. Hey, hey Chris. Tom. Yeah, yeah. No, you're right, Diane. Great, oh. great, Chris. Um, two quick technical questions. Do you uh? When you obviously, because you're doing mixing, do you do, first question, do you most of your mixing on on monitors or on um, headphones? And the second question, and I, I you didn't go through this in your little presentation, but I assume sometimes you have to use compression on yourself or on the narrator as well. Those are both good questions. I do mix with monitors. And the reason I mix with monitors rather than headphones is because most people still listen to things with speakers, especially when it comes to television and movies. Maybe they'll listen with headphones on books, but generally speaking, if you mix with monitors, they'll be, they'll be good for headphones too. That's a very general, general, general uh, sentence, but it, it, it's mostly true. So I, uh, I tend to do that. I use JBL um, 305s, I believe, or 307s. I can't remember which at the moment to mix with. They're they're awesome, and I love them. As to compression, yes, we, we well, okay. So I'm going to address this in two different ways. Uh, in television and film, every client that we produce for has specs. They have technical specifications of how what the levels must be within a range um and and we use um i use a, a program called uh the plugin called new gen n-u-g-e-n l-m correct and i use that uh to enforce com compliance which is a um an industry standard um um leveling uh, you have to have things at a certain point so that they don't overwhelm the uh equipment of the audience member um and uh we we meet those levels iturb 1770 dash whatever it is now um and so um ellen correct does a beautiful job keeping us within uh those parameters and for broadcast television excuse me um i also have to use a uh a separate plug-in um because uh, the television stations in the United States have, some of them do use ITURB 1770, but some of them still adhere to the older standards of having a minus six dB peak, and that's all you get, and a like a um, 24 LKFS loudness, or, or, or some of them even still refer to RMS. Um, you know, it, it just depends on the on the station, the client, the uh, all of the streaming platforms use ITURB, um, and uh, yeah, it's 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 a kind of a wild west, a little bit. Um, but it, but yes, to answer your question, I do I do use compression um, on the books. It's a it's my choice, and I choose ITURB because I never know where these books are going to go, and I always want to make sure. Um, for example, Audible prefers that. Uh, they prefer a minus three um, peak 
and ITRB enforces that. And so I, I use that as a, as a guide because, you know, Audible is the uh, magical monopoly that holds all of our audiobooks. So <laughs> I tend to do that. And we're back to Mitchell Bridwell. Hello right. again. Hello. <laughs> makes total se- uh, that makes total sense. I just figured that I might as well just put my uh, hand up now because I have another specific question, which is actually kind of related to the previous question. So I'm primarily a user of Logic Pro when it comes huh? to yeah. uh, music production, but I don't really have much um experience when it comes to actual audio production within logic pro and i'm curious if like compared to something like pro tools or if you've ever used reaper or audacity which is more accessible when it comes to audio production oh oh boy <laughs> that's a can of worms yeah um, that's true here's what it, I'm is. Gonna, it, it, it really is because apple has done a pretty good job of of making logic accessible um, here's, here's what I'll say. Every single one of those things, a uh, logic reaper and, um, audacity. Well, every one of them has accessible things and inaccessible and pro tools. Every one of them has accessible things and things you have to work around. Okay. Um, nothing is perfect. Nothing, nothing is, is like awesome, like truly awesome and totally, you know, everything is great. And blah, blah, blah. Um, they're all pretty darn pretty darn good and i feel like what i want to say here and i'm i'm trying to be as careful as possible you might notice mm-hmm. is that every one of those things every one of those applications um you, you it, it's it's going to be a learning curve if you switch from one to the other because none of them are similar in in the way that they are designed Okay. If that makes sense, I would I would say this about Audacity. Um, I would say this: they're not really producing it anymore, as far as I'm aware. Are they? I think they're. I think they kind of quit. I think it's open source now. Okay, so so I would I would not tie yourself down to something that isn't um, still being developed um, okay. because it could leave you in a position where later on you're stuck. And then you have to go and learn something new. I would, I would pick something that's still under development, like Logic, like Reaper, like Pro Tools, where um, those things are still very much in development, and um, people are working on them, and they'll keep up with with the standards that are being um, used as time goes forward. Um, I personally am a Pro Tools guy. I love Pro Tools because I've been using Pro Tools um, for a long, long time. I used it when when the choice of screen reader for the Mac was outspoken. Um, and then, um, in the mid aughts, I switched to gold wave because my Mac died and I had no choice. And, um, and then when, when Apple made voiceover, I switched back to pro tools as soon as I could, because, um, I understood that interface and I loved it. And especially for description, here's the advantage to description in pro tools that I will say. One of the coolest things about it for me and please understand I'm very biased, but one of the things I really love about it is that if you have a numpad on your keyboard, you can type in your time code by just, you just hit the, um, the key above the eight on your numpad. I forget if that's an equals or a slash, but you, you press that and then you can just enter in the time code and hit enter on your numpad and you are golden. It just pops you right there and, and you can just record. So that makes for a very fast recording process and i really i really like that um that said pro tools is expensive Mm -hmm. and it's it's not it's it's you know you you buy a yearly um subscription these days so it's not for the faint of heart it's for somebody who really really wants to make an investment um you're also going to need well you're going to mix anything if you're going to do a lot of audio engineering uh aside from voicing you're going to need uh something like an icon pro M plus, um, or, uh, there are other ones out there. There's a, uh, another decent, I, I, I like it, except that I'm not fond of its jog knob. It doesn't have a wheel. It has a knob. Okay. It's a, um, 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 Personas fader port eight. That's a pretty decent, um, console. Okay. The Mackie, the Mackie MCU is okay. It has a lot of delay in the USB, a lot of latency. I don't 
particularly care for that. But uh, I, in my opinion, and I've tried those, plus I've, I've had the marvelous experience of using the um, C24 um, DigiDesign, uh, what is it, like 30, let's see, one, two, three. I want to say it's a 20, yeah, 24 track big console. Um, and that thing is a beast and it's awesome because it it connects via ethernet instead of usb so the um the fader automation is instantaneous and it's just amazing but um oh. that's also not for the faint of heart that's thousands of dollars even even now when they're not making them anymore it's still thousands of dollars so that's interesting i hope that helps thank you <laughs> i realized that there was one other thing i didn't tell people and i should have my apologies i meant to mention that i use a sennheiser MKH416, that's my microphone. And in my opinion, it is uh, the best one I've ever used for voiceover, and I've used a Neumann. And the reason I say that is because it is a shotgun mic, meaning it is long, cylindrical, um, and you talk into it by positioning the tip of that microphone at the tip of your nose. And and bringing it in on a slant and uh <clears throat> it is xlr it is not usb um that said it's a thousand dollars um so be mindful of that in my opinion if you want to get started in voiceover uh the best one that you could could start with is going to be the audio technica uh i believe it's the at2020 it's a usb mic it's good, it's solid, and you don't need a preamp uh, or a, uh, an interface, an audio interface for it. Um, so that's handy. And you can plug your headphones in so you, can get, you don't have to deal with latency. Um, the other choice that I think is okay, uh, but you definitely, for both of those, for the Audio-Technica and for the Blue Yeti, you're going to want a foam windscreen on it because you're P's and your plosives will absolutely overwhelm both of those microphones without without the the foam on it. Those are cheap to get. The Sennheiser comes with one, as it bloody well should for a thousand bucks. So I just wanted to point that out. You do have one more raised hand. Let's do it. Janine Lee. One thing you were saying, the Yeti is around 150 and it's a great mic. So I yes, absolutely. Okay. So the Audio Technica is the Audio Technica is about 140-ish, I think, if I remember last time I saw. So- yeah, they're both good. I know um, people using both. But this is a personal question because um, audio description is like my favorite thing. And and I don't know if you can answer this or yet, but um, I know that CBS committed to us last convention and even at the leadership convention that they are going to audio describe and hire and do audio description for all of their primetime shows and Big Brother will be starting on next Sunday. Does Audio Eyes have that contract? No. Nope. No. Nope. Okay. Uh, but it's the media, it, it, unless they've changed providers, which I don't think they have, I believe it is the media access group at WGBH and they are a fine, fine describers. Okay, um, so okay cool. Be, I was be hoping happy. that you, it, at I least wanted it's it to not, be you. Oh, thank you. Uh, well, you can hear me on The Good Doctor in the fall, and you can hear me on several ABC game shows right now. Tell us which um, ones they are. Promote yourself, Chris. Um, oh, good grief. Um, I don't do that very well. Uh, Pressure Luck is mm-hmm. coming again. Um, $100,000 Pyramid um, and Family Feud. Uh, no, not Family Feud. My apologies. $100,000 Pyramid and Pressure Luck and... Um, probably some others that I, I can't remember right now, but um, I, I know we're short on time. I just also want to acknowledge that Audio Eyes lost one of its finest voiceover artists and engineers a few weeks ago. His name was Clyde Pitts. Oh, that's terrible. Well, thanks, Chris. Sure. Thanks, everybody, for joining us today. This was a wonderful pleasure and a privilege, and I really enjoyed doing both of these things, the audio excursion and the, the uh, day in the life. And uh, the audio excursion, if you did not hear it in 3D, we are going to make sure that it is available for download so you can enjoy it, it at your leisure with headphones. And I'm sure this one will be downloadable too at some point. And I hope everybody's having a marvelous, marvelous convention. I'm glad to see that there's a hybrid going on and that, uh, that everybody, there's something for everybody. And uh, 
that makes me very happy. I would also like to thank Blind LGBT Pride International for allowing me to present these things to you today. And uh, I hope that we will finally, at long last, be able to to show Rocky Horror Picture Show next year and let people come in costume and enjoy uh, that movie. It is absolutely exceptional. And um, I recommend that people download the, uh, the call and response pieces off online and, uh, and, and do that when we, when we do it next year. Also, we're having our fall social. We don't know the date yet, but it's coming. And you can bet there will be some 3D recordings there. I'm hoping to, for the next excursion next year, go to the Consumer Electronics Show and get some, get some stuff from there. That'll be fun. Well, take care, everyone. It's been a blast.